KPBS On Demand is supported by Arizona Raft Adventures, a third-generation family-owned outfitter providing experiential multi-day Colorado River rafting adventures through the Grand Canyon, hiking, exploration, education, and fun. Only a seven-hour drive from San Diego. Learn more at azraft.com. morning. I'm Annika Colbert. It's Tuesday, April 27th. The first time homeless population almost doubles. We'll have more on that next, but first, let's do the headlines. Data from the 2020 census released on Monday reveals that California's population growth has stalled, and as a result, the state is losing one seat in the U.S. House of Representatives. California's population grew by about 2.3 million people since the 2010 census, but it's been stagnant since 2017. States that are outgrowing California include Arizona, Florida, and Texas. Texas gained two seats, while Florida gained one. San Diego County has officially resumed the use of the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. Dr. Christian Ramers with Family Health Centers of San Diego says vaccine supply still hasn't been keeping up with demand, but now that could change. Well, I have to say, I think we're really getting close. Uh, and, and I heard over the weekend, you know, it used to be there were thousands of arms searching for hundreds of vaccines, and now we have thousands of vaccines searching for thousands of arms. So it's almost like we're right at that tipping point. The J&J vaccine doesn't require a deep freeze, and it's just one dose as opposed to two. And as they say, April showers bring May flowers, right? It looks like we'll have scattered showers again today and cool temperatures. There'll be some gusty winds in the deserts, but that'll blow out by the afternoon. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need. KPBS On Demand is supported by Arizona Raft Adventures, a third-generation family-owned outfitter providing experiential multi-day Colorado River rafting adventures through the Grand Canyon, hiking, exploration, education, and fun. Only a seven-hour drive from San Diego. Learn more at azraft.com. The latest report on homelessness in San Diego showed a huge increase in the area's new homeless population in 2020. KPBS's Melissa May reports. The report from the Regional Task Force on the Homeless shows the number of people entering homelessness for the first time nearly doubled from 2,326 in 2019 and peaked from April through June 2020 with 4,152. The report says this is likely due to the COVID-19 pandemic, but Michael McConnell, a homeless advocate, thinks this number is higher for another reason. The increase in touch points, so if you put more outreach people, if you have more day centers or more shelters, things like that, you're going you're gonna to connect with more people. When the San Diego Convention Center opened for temporary housing during the pandemic, city officials boasted about the number of homeless people served. McConnell said the homeless were more open to participating in this program. When you lower the barriers, when you make it more appealing to somebody, then you're going to get people who are more likely to use your system. The report also found 2,530 veterans were in a shelter or had been on the street. Mia Roseberry, co-founder of Wounded Warrior Homes, knows the need for veterans and even active duty military has grown. The veterans will never ask for help. They feel that if they ask for help, they are taking it from other people. 
so they don't like to ask for help. With the report, San Diego County is showing more transparency about the current homeless situation. Keep supporting those who are trying to support the less fortunate and the people who need the help. Increased funding from the federal government through the CARES Act, state funds, and philanthropic funding are continuing to provide new resources for shelter and other assistance during the pandemic. And that was KPBS's Melissa May. Following a shooting last week in downtown San Diego that killed one person and injured four, the San Diego Police Department is sounding the alarm about ghost guns. KPBS's Alexandra Ronhell has more. It, it was a ghost gun or unserialized fire that about one in four of every gun that we're recovering right now is a ghost gun. Ghost guns, easy to buy and untraceable. San Diego Police Chief David Nislight says San Diego County has seen a 169% rise in ghost guns in 2020 and says this year is on track to surpass last year's numbers. As local law enforcement combats the rise of guns on the streets, lawmakers continue to make efforts to control the selling of ghost guns. Just this month, President Joe Biden introduced a series of executive orders to limit the selling of ghost guns following the deadly Colorado and Atlanta shootings. However, local gun advocate and executive director of San Diego Gun Owners, Michael Schwartz, says adding more restrictive laws won't solve the problem at hand. Executive order, what he's hoping to do is create laws regarding home manufactured firearms um, that mirror California laws to spread them to the other 49 states. But again, I think what the chief of police in San Diego is, is showing is that those laws that already exist in California aren't aren't making a difference. Criminals don't follow laws by definition. In California, it is illegal to have a ghost gun or manufactured gun that has not been registered with the Department of Justice. The DOJ requires self-made firearms to have a unique serial number. We really need to do things like uh, figure out ways to stop and prevent criminals from, from committing crimes rather than chipping away at the edges and trying to Uh, you know, uh, make metal illegal, which is in effect what they're trying to do. San Diego police say the individuals they are coming across with ghost guns are convicted felons with past criminal history, just like the gunmen from Thursday night shooting in the Gaslamp Quarter. According to new data released from SDPD, so far this year, 52 convicted felons have been arrested for being in possession of a firearm compared to 154 people in 2020. In 2020, SDPD impounded 1,734 firearms. 210 of those were ghost guns. As of April 1st of this year, a total of 492 guns have been impounded, and 111 of those are ghost guns. And that was KPBS's Alexandra Ronhell. San Diego-based researchers used underwater vehicles to explore an area of the seafloor near Catalina Island. They found thousands of deteriorating barrels of industrial waste, including the banned pesticide DDT. KPBS environment reporter Eric Anderson has more. The expedition mapped more than 36,000 acres of the seafloor between Catalina Island and Long Beach. The underwater vehicles found more than 100,000 debris objects on the seafloor in the San Pedro Basin. A quarter of them were deteriorating barrels. Scripps researcher Eric Terrell says it's the first time for an underwater mapping project of this scope. This is really kind of the first of its kind 
you know, really kind of pulling back the covers to see really what's been lying under the seabed here for decades. The area was a notorious dumping ground for industrial waste. Shipping logs indicate more than 2,000 barrels of DDT lay sludge were dumped there every month for more than 14 years. And that was KPBS environment reporter Eric Anderson. Coming up, this isn't the first time that a Democratic governor has been recalled in California. We'll have a bit of history on past recall efforts, and then we'll check in with how veterans in San Diego are getting help after their service. That's all next, just after the break. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, We've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. Organizers of the recall effort against California Governor Gavin Newsom have collected enough valid signatures to qualify for the ballot. The California Secretary of State's office announced on Monday that more than 1.6 million signatures had been verified. That's about 100,000 more than was needed to force a recall vote. That vote will likely take place in the fall. This won't be the first recall effort that a Democratic governor has faced. KQED Politics editor Scott Schaefer reports on some hard lessons Democrats learned when Governor Gray Davis was recalled 18 years ago. In July of 2003, California's top election official Kevin Shelley made a somber announcement. As California's Secretary of State, it is my duty today to certify the first recall election of a governor in California history. In California, there are two questions on a recall ballot. The first, should the governor be recalled, yes or no? And second, if the governor is recalled, who should the new governor be? Waiting in the wings that year, one candidate towered over the rest. I'm going to run for governor of the state of California. On The Tonight Show with Jay Leno, action movie star Arnold Schwarzenegger announced he was in. Republican operative Sean Walsh was there. It was just a perfect Hollywood type of campaign event that happens once in a generation, and he was the right person at the right time to capitalize on it. Then, like now, one question loomed large for Democrats who opposed the recall. Should a prominent Democrat get into the race as a backup in case Davis is recalled? You know, just to make sure a Democrat wasn't replaced with a Republican. Cruz Bustamante was the Democratic lieutenant governor at the time. At first, Bustamante said he would not run in the recall. How sure was he? Absolutely, absolutely, 100%. But Bustamante soon changed his mind. I'm here to tell everyone to vote no on the recall and yes on Bustamante. Gary South was Gray Davis's campaign consultant. And so to say no on recall, 
yes on Bustamante was oxymoronic to the average voter, and people didn't get what it meant. But as Bustamante saw it, he was trying to be a kind of insurance policy for Democrats. I decided to run in this race in order to protect the state against the kind of politics that I believed Arnold would bring to the state. While some Democrats fumed when Bustamante got in, GOP consultant Sean Walsh says Team Schwarzenegger had a very different reaction. High fives, low fives, toasts, tequila shots, rum raisin, ice cream. It was a party all the way around if you were a Republican. At the time, Gray Davis was enormously unpopular, with approval ratings in the 20s. So beating the recall was always going to be a tough climb. But South says by jumping in, Bustamante caused even more problems for Davis. For one, it upended the message that the recall was a Republican plot. And some voters saw it as a way to replace the dislike Davis with the first Latino governor. So Arnold was clearly our biggest problem, but Bustamante was a close second. Bustamante, a Central Valley Democrat, had a hard time raising money and was no match for the star power of Schwarzenegger. I knew what the consequences would be. If I lost, it may shorten my career. And I made the decision to run despite that. Looking back, Bustamante says his decision to run was selfless. I was taking one for the team. But the team sure didn't appreciate it. Not only was Davis recalled, but Bustamante finished with 31% of the vote, far behind the winner. Thank you very much to all the people of California for giving me the great club. Three years after that, Bustamante, who was still lieutenant governor, ran for state insurance commissioner, losing to a novice Republican, making him the last incumbent Democrat to lose a statewide election. I have no regrets. So whatever came after that isn't good or bad. It just is. I'm very at peace with all of that. With another recall heading for the ballot, Newsom's advisors are circling the wagons to make sure no other Democrat jumps in. But at least one is rumored to be thinking about it, former Los Angeles mayor Antonio Villaraigosa. And that was KQED Politics editor Scott Schaefer. It can be difficult for service members to find a new purpose after their careers in the military. KPBS North County reporter Tanya Thorne spoke with a local veteran who got some help from a charity putting his talents to work. Mike Andela spent 16 years in the Marine Corps, including tours to the Middle East as part of an explosive ordnance disposal unit. He suffered multiple injuries from explosives. I had an IED behind me go off. It was about 100, 110 pounds of explosives. And uh, I was probably about 10 yards away from that uh, on foot. And uh, that hurt really bad as well. But a final concussion in 2016 is what forced Andela to go home, eventually taking a medical retirement in 2018. Uh, I left uh, Kuwait and Iraq that year pretty angry, uh, pretty just, just defeated. Uh, it, it's like uh, uh, you took away, uh, you know, one of my main purposes for living. Andela had to find a new purpose for life, but didn't know where to start. People look at you as, uh, they look at you as like being Superman, what you do, how you do it. And then when you don't have that anymore, it's tough to pull yourself out of that. Andela's injuries gave him intense migraines and disorientation, preventing him from dedicating 40 hours a week to an employer. I was, I was, you know, just scared of, you know, how am I going to provide for my family? Uh, because uh, Marine Corps retirement does not 
uh, it doesn't pay all the bills. So uh, it's, uh, it's not like everybody thinks uh, you're going to get out, you're retired, uh, and uh, everything is going to be fine. This situation, often faced by retiring service members, is what Semper Fi in America's Fund focuses on. So we see a lot of a lot of veterans that are searching for something tangible, something that's purpose-filled for their life, and tools that they can use to help in their recoveries. Casey Fisher manages some of the apprenticeship programs that Semper Fi in America's Fund offers to help service members find a new purpose after service. And it's what helped Andela find a new purpose after his career in the Marine Corps. He's incredibly gifted if you've seen any of his work, but he was looking for something he could pour that talent into that could make him a little bit of money and give him a purpose to serve the community. That's where the idea for Coastal Sign Company grew. It's not just a sign company. It's also a workshop and Della operates with his wife out of their garage where customers can come in and make their own rustic crafts. My wife actually came up with the idea for Coastal Sign Company. Uh, and it, and is it being a workshop, not just something that we sell and uh, where people will come to a workshop and, you know, they start out with a pile of wood like you see here and they end up with, uh, you know, their very own, you know, something that they created, something that they personalize, made and painted and bring it home. The fund helped Andela with all of the details on forming the business as well as some funding. They will tailor your business plan around what you want and what you can uh, what you what you want to see your business doing. Funding for Semper Fi in America's Fund comes mainly from one-off donations and some grants. They have helped over 30,000 families nationwide. Their mission? To support the wounded, ill, or injured veterans and their families in all military branches. We have programs that range from an athletic program where you can play golf, learn how to ride a bike. We have a horse program uh, where we train, train service members to ride horses and even get to a point where they do cattle drives. It's one of our greatest programs. And then the program that I'm in where we will help veterans in navigating what it is they want to do after the military. Semper Fi in America's Fund will be having a virtual auction of products from the fund's programs now through May 3rd. All proceeds will go to benefit programs helping veterans from the fund. And that was KPBS's North County reporter, Tanya Thorne. And that's it for the podcast today. Be sure to catch KPBS Midday Edition at noon on KPBS Radio or check out the Midday Edition podcast. You can also watch KPBS Evening Edition at 5 o'clock on KPBS Television. And as always, you can find more San Diego news online at kpbs.org. I'm Annika Colbert. Thanks for listening and have a great day. I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year, we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, We've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. 
We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com.